0: All right, welcome to Number Ones, the podcast where we review the most popular pop culture in America every week. I am Hoff Matthews recording in Brooklyn, New York and I'm on the phone with Ryan Sarter in Los Angeles. Hello. And uh, we'll just say at the top that we still think this podcast and its format is a really great idea. It's going to um, you know, do it's a really great things piece of audio for, content. for our careers. It's a great piece of it's a great piece of audio content and we look forward to continuing to do it. Uh long, long into the future, April fools we're shutting it down. This is the last one <laughs> um yeah we do we want to explain that we basically decided it's uh we're gonna get blacklisted for uh for criticizing people, so we might as well just stop doing it
1: yeah, I mean less. I'm a little bit worried about the archive, but I think the archive will be fine, right? I don't think people will go back. I think it would only be like if you saw something on social media. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see like when we blow up, like when that first right. da- deadline when? article comes out, it might be like, yo, man, you got to pull the plug out. You got to delete this yeah. from iTunes.
0: That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think so we'll we did see up for now.
1: Yeah, but we did. We did sort of have this moment where we kind of, you know, YC was a guest and, and we're having these people who we don't know talking about the podcast on social <laughs> media. And it's sort of like, what's the end? What's the end game here? Like we end up talking about something and somebody's annoyed. Um, right. I mean we talked we talked about NCIS last week and I feel like we were pretty generous uh, <laughs> and then and then I I sent an email on Friday to a to of a, a, I would say he's a friend of mine who has written for NCIS you know mm-hmm. like I'm not trying to make it hot you know like I, I want to write for NCIS I'm not talking shit you know
0: Right. To be clear, like, I have no such concerns. I'm I'm fearless. I'll just, you know, I just call it as I see it. You know, I, I, I'm not concerned about this. This is all coming from you. But uh, I, I was actually I was just talking to uh, a friend of mine yesterday who was saying, like, oh, yeah, sometimes there are those podcasts where, like, it's just the one person talking. It's so weird. But it was it made me think, like, maybe I should go back and do it that way again, like the way I did it the very first episode of this podcast and then never did it again, where it was just me monologuing
1: wow this is this is how i hear about this on the the pod
0: i don't know i'm just speculating
1: (laughs) that was i don't i don't think that's a good idea that was (laughs) deeply deeply creepy (laughs) yeah Yeah, especially since i was just across the apartment while you were recording (laughs) (laughs) that's true you were physically there i just (laughs) i was like just watching you you speak on the microphone yeah are you serious if you listen close to that episode you can hear ryan breathing in the background (laughs) Do you like that? Do you like that format of just you talking by yourself?
0: It has an appeal to me. I I don't actually think that I'll do it or that it would, uh, you know, get any traction if I did. But yeah, just a fun thing to think about. (laughs) But anyway, I still thought that we should do one more episode for the fans and the true believers who have supported us just so it didn't seem like we completely disappeared without any sort of goodbye. So this is that last episode. And, uh, of course, then I made that decision, and then I realized that we were going to have to watch Tim Burton's live-action remake uh, of Disney's Dumbo. (laughs) Guess how I felt? Dumbo
1: yeah <laughs> isn't that like a
0: jay-z it. line yeah some story of oj story of oj reference <laughs> what does he um, say so yeah. in that what is he like he's like oh i could have bought a loft in dumbo for uh, you know five dollars and now it's worth a million dollars
1: no i'll guess, just say i, I, I mean we're go. let's go out a blaze of glory like i don't fuck with jay-z like that like he's just another rich guy to me like mm-hmm. no i like jay-z <laughs>
0: Next week, you apply for a job with Rockefeller, (laughs) writing their tweets or whatever. Throw
1: the rock in the air. It's like, no, we (laughs) know we heard the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) when's the new Beanie Siegel dropping?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna be talking about Dumbo, and then the other thing we'll talk about will be. The uh, the episode of 60 Minutes from a couple weeks ago, we're not going to talk about an album because the current number one album is just Juice World's Death Race for Love again, which we talked about last week with YC. So just two things for this episode. A little closing mini-sode for you guys.
1: I got to say, I, I liked uh, I liked Dumbo. I thought it was kind of cool.
0: Okay, I, I did not. I don't know. I, <laughs> it wasn't like I had much principled objection to much of it i found it to be a real slog to sit through um it's one of these new live action remakes that disney is doing with a lot of their properties the most um i don't know high profile example of that would be the beauty and the beast movie which they did a couple years ago which i blogged about for number ones at the time and (sighs) I don't know, they, they do all have this sort of odd visual quality to them. I mean, a lot of people complained about that Beauty and the Beast movie, that all the household items that became characters looked kind of creepy and run in the uncanny valley or something, as opposed to the more expressive animated versions from the previous film. And I wasn't bothered by that so much, because they were, I don't know, things in a haunted castle. It was okay with me for them to be a little bit creepy. But you do sort of get a similar issue, I think, with Dumbo, where when you... When you have Dumbo as a cartoon, he's just sort of a light gray blob with, like, the black lines on the outside, you know? So it's just kind of an appealingly simple design. When you are using CGI to create, like, photorealistic elephants, you know, they're, like, wrinkly and hairy and vaguely phallic. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just a very different what experience. What phallic about them? They're you know, they're not just kind of baggy and just a lot of scenes it's like a, it's like a flaccid penis is more or less i, know, what I mean you could say that about a living like. a elephant. Suggestive you could say that i yeah, don't think so, it's well, exactly was, absolutely no i'm not saying you don't want to look at, at elephant a real life elephant i'm not saying i don't want to look at them i'm just saying they're suggestive of dicks
1: <laughs> uh I, but I mean, anyway you like
0: the movie so uh, talk about what you liked about it
1: well i feel like this this movie kind of crystallized for me i didn't see the alice in Wonderland. Uh, right did you see that one the,
0: no the previous tim burton live action disney um production yeah because I, first... I guess... oh no go ahead go ahead no you go ahead well let's just quickly outline the plot of the film it's uh people 1919. know what the fuck happened
1: in dumbo they, people know. There's, they
0: know there's an elephant that's pretty much all i knew about dumbo <laughs> it's it's 1919 we're in the south uh, world war one just ended colin farrell is a world war one vet who comes back to this circus that he works in uh minus one arm and his kids are there, um, and Danny DeVito is, like, the, the ringmaster, and they have an elephant who gives birth to this little baby elephant, Dumbo, who has huge ears and eventually learns how to fly. Michael Keaton is this sort of uh, P.T. Barnum-type entertainment impresario who buys their circus and brings them to Coney Island to try to make Dumbo into this big attraction.
1: I didn't realize that was Coney Island. Did they say yes,
0: that? Yes, it was Coney Island. They did say that.
1: Um... I also should say I missed I missed the first uh, I uh, the mm-hmm. first thing that I saw was was oh here we go no <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: oh, go uh, ahead what were you saying
1: <laughs> it was Colin Farrell his arm like him just like walking in and being like yeah I'm back from the war did anything happen on before that at or? the train station uh, I don't know if it was at the train station it was like him walking he's with his kids and he like sees Danny DeVito and he hasn't seen him for a while
0: yeah on the on the fairgrounds yeah that's pretty early on in the movie
1: okay because I was wondering what year it was but they say it's 1919. Yes. Okay. Um, Here's what I liked about it was at first I was kind of like, why would Disney ever think it's a good idea to give Tim Burton the reins on something like this? And then I realized Alice in Wonderland made a billion dollars, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, So that checks out. But I do think that what I found amusing is that he has all these elements like about family and love and the meaning of like caring for people and I don't get any impression from anything that Tim Burton's ever done that he has like a beating heart <laughs> or that he cares genuinely about any of this. Like it feels incredibly cynical to me. And so in that and way, respect I'm kind of that. Well, I just think it's much more interesting than something that is, you know, patently false or pretending to be something that it's not. Like, I think he's very much like, like I just was watching it with this kind of like sideways smile, kind of like, you're really sick, Tim Burton. You know, <laughs> and and that I find inter- more it's funny interesting. that this is
0: the movie that made you say you're really sick, Tim Burton.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I I like I like some Tim Burton stuff. I just I don't know. It's it's something about doing. It's something. It, it is kind of awesome to me that with Disney being very cautious. off, I mean, I'm a Disney employee, so you know, like let me just let me just be chill. But um, you know, like that they would give, it's surprising that they would give him, let him do his thing with a property like this. So I was very amused by that. I i feel like it was dark and demented and very weird. Yeah. I didn't think it was that weird. I saw that
0: headline of the New York times review where it was like, uh, what, what exactly did they say? Um, because Manola Dargis reviewing yeah Dumbo goes bonkers in dreamland I didn't I didn't get any bonkers out of this movie I didn't get a single bonker from Dumbo
1: I mean the last
0: what I expected it to be
1: okay well well I mean obviously spoiler alert like always spoiler alerts as always but yes um the 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 finale of this movie is taking a, a proxy for Disneyland Right, Dreamland,
0: the sort of theme park that Michael Keaton owns in Coney Island.
1: Yeah, imagine the most beautiful, like you know, uh, theme park you could possibly imagine, and the whole thing gets burnt to the ground while, like, flaming wreckage and a fucking, you know, elephant with giant ears is flying through these fireballs on their way out. Like that—that that is pretty. That's pretty ballsy for a Disney property to to depict like it seemed very weird and it also seemed very weird that these circus uh people for no reason were just like yeah we're all gonna come together and save this save Dumbo when like they previously showed no kind of affection for it like Tim Burton just seemed to like not really give a fuck at all about narrative structure or and also at the beginning you sort of had this thing where it's like oh, it's going to be kind of like a heartwarming thing about a father learning how to deal with his kids. And they just kind of don't address that later on. It just becomes this kind of like crazy fight to get these two elephants together. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree with Manola that it kind of just went off the rails in a very satisfying way. You you, I you didn't think it was wild that, that the fucking place burned to the ground?
0: I haven't been to Disneyland. It doesn't matter to me.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Um I one thing I did think was sort of odd uh, at the beginning of the movie Dumbo gets born and then at a certain point they use it in you know the circus's show and they try to cover up his big ears but they pop out and Every time he's introduced, like, all the people around him are like, "Ah, wow, his ears are so big. He's just a fucking freak. What the fuck is wrong with this? Be-? How does anyone know what baby elephants are supposed to look like?
1: If you just showed <laughs> yeah.
0: me Dumbo, I'd be like, I guess that's what a baby elephant is, you know?
1: Also, like, Dumbo is just, like, the cutest thing you've ever seen. That's people right. are like, obviously incredibly is, like, cute. Like, kill it. It's like, why? Yeah. It's so cute.
0: <laughs> uh, I also, also found
1: it very... Oh, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I mean, I just think there's something extremely sick and disturbing and and very gross and and I think Tim Burton took satisfaction in in inflicting this on the audience of like I don't want to I don't ever want to see a child or an animal in danger. And for him to, like, put this CGI elephant when he's, like, standing on top of the thing and the fire's all around and he's, like, crying and, like, I was, I cried at one point. I was, like, getting very emotional and, like, being separated from the mother. Yeah. Like, it's very sick to spend $170 million to make, to, to put these animals that aren't even real in harm's way and to give them these big eyes and and it's just it's just such it, he's sick like it's very disturbing that and i think he took pleasure in it and i think because it's cgi i can enjoy it much more than on that sick level than as f- in comparison in comparison to somebody like um i always say his name wrong but the guy who directed like the lobster and the Favorite. ghostland themos yeah i can't get on board i don't know if board. that's correct or not but i can't get on board with his stuff because he will torture animals and it's just like live animals and I'm sure they're you know I'm sure he takes safety or whatever but he'll have like little kids with blood coming from their eyes and that looks real to me and I can't separate it and, and I think I can't get on board with his stuff but this I could get on board with because it is CGI even though it is making me feel very disturbed and sad and sick but I, I it's something it's enough of a distance that I can enjoy it
0: yeah apparently um dumbo was the only cgi animal in the film all the rest of the elephants were all real and uh about 20 of them died on set during the that's uh, production not true of the film. that's not true i don't know i read that in i think the hollywood reporter had a big art- article about that. <laughs> why Pretty are you just stuff. you're just you don't give a they shit got, anymore <laughs> they <laughs> got <laughs> the <laughs> same animal handler from that hbo show luck to handle the elephants
1: no just fail up
0: you know that's how it works in corporate environments
1: no 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 he's kidding folks
0: um, if there are any "It's Always Sunny" fans listening, at one point in the film, um, Danny DeVito's character gets assigned a secretary, and she is played by the uh, actress who plays max mom on that show. So, little "It's Always Sunny" reunion there.
1: Oh wow! Nice.
0: Yeah. There's also, I think, the first time in the movie. Where you see a newspaper where there, there's some sort of article about, you know, Dumbo the Flying Elephant or whatever you see I think Danny DeVito looking at it or somebody there's another headline on the front page that says radical leftists arrested and deported which I think is Disney throwing a little warning shot at uh, AOC and her her fellow cohort
1: Well, the, actually the weird thing. I'm surprised you'd notice that that article was actually written by Glenn thrush senior, which I was wow like, oh. I
0: did not I didn't pick that up. Yeah must have uh, been closer to the screen than me.
1: <laughs> Yo, you know it. I I always sit in the front row. This is the number one thing. I sit <laughs> in the front row.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. So you didn't you didn't find what do you think of my my thing about that? I mean, I guess this is a broader point, but I don't understand why people like the films of the of the favorite Lobster Guy. Did you see any of those movies?
0: I haven't seen any of them.
1: You know, you're going to be dead one day, you know?
0: Yeah. And?
1: You don't want to see these relevant cultural, you know, everybody talks about the lobster and the favorite and stuff. You don't care. I mean,
0: people don't talk about the lobster that much. I mean, yeah. maybe. Everybody I know. About. <laughs> I want to see uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer.
1: Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Why I do you want like to see that, that at, and not the other two? Uh,
0: I guess because you hated it so much. It interested me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would have walked out if I wasn't with people.
0: Yeah. Who are you with? Well, I don't know. We don't have to talk about that. No, no, we can talk about air. it. I was with
1: um, Nate Wagner and his uh, now wife. Shout out to oh. Nate and uh, Amanda.
0: Hey, congratulations, guys.
1: Yeah. I actually just... This is somewhat uh, number one adjacent. I commissioned um, Nate to uh, design a t-shirt. Um, so when nat maggie rogers performed on snl uh i think in january Mm -hmm. and uh do you know hilton olds olds you know that guy Mm, it's familiar he's like a critic for the new yorker um he wrote on instagram like about how bad the performance was and he said like um you know uh there's a heart beating somewhere and that's where the pathos exists in this and others in other situations where capitalism craps on possibility any he he deleted it afterwards but they were talking about it on uh, the New York Times podcast which of course I need to mention on every episode right and uh, and John Caramonica said t-shirt idea person crapping on another person top person labeled capitalism bottom person labeled possibility Um. Mm -hmm. So I commissioned Nate to make that t shirt, so I'm excited to get that. Nice. Yeah. I feel like there's something about number ones, right? About capitalism crapping on possibility or Yeah. <coughs> I'm sorry. I know you have a very rigid idea of what this podcast should be. You know, I like to talk <laughs> about other stuff. You know, I'm not the I'm not the first podcast co host to, you know, like go on a tangent. You know, I didn't invent the idea of
0: Yeah. I I didn't say anything. <laughs>
1: what else do you think about Dumbo
0: Um, well I know you didn't notice that it was Coney Island but at the end when they get away from uh, the big Coney Island theme park and they're flying on Dumbo he's like flying through the arches of the Brooklyn Bridge which I was kind of like oh that's pretty far away from Coney Island you know it's kind of a trek for Dumbo but then I was like hey flying elephant (laughs) probably more dependable than the subway you know Hey.
1: I do regret that I lived in in New York for four years. I never went to Coney Island.
0: Really? You never went there?
1: No. I'm just a no, creature remember. of routine. I don't like doing other stuff. Well, you missed out. Hell yeah.
0: All right. And yeah, there I, is I all Coney
1: Island. Uh, no, I have more Coney Island stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, go for it. Uh, Coney Island, how they... I thought somebody had told me, like, that they have, um, like, a Seinfeld night. Have you ever been to that?
0: At the Cyclone Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do have it. I can't remember. I think I might have gone at one point.
1: I don't know. I just thought of it. I was like, oh, that's so neat, like, Seinfeld night. And I thought it was, like, I was like, yeah, it's just, like, a Seinfeld thing. But apparently it's, like, the biggest Seinfeld thing in the world. Sure. Because I started listening to an audio book about Seinfeld fans, and they, like, that was, like, their opening was about... (laughs) the Cyclones Mm -hmm. game and stuff.
0: I think I did go to that once, because I think the guy who played Banya was there. Like, they had him do something on the
1: field. (laughs) Jerry.
0: (laughs) It was gold, Ryan. Gold. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of gold, uh, should we talk about 60 Minutes? Yeah, sure. All right. 60 Minutes. Most-watched show from uh, last week, aired Sunday march 17th at uh, 7 p.m and this was the episode targeting americans billionaire on the bus and monaco and it got 10.1
1: million viewers man that's the highest rated show yo also like it's the most watched show i think we can since we've been doing most watched of the week i think we can say like cbs like comes direct like cbs oh, yeah. like does not miss
0: oh cbs is uh dominant in the networks for sure Viewership, damn um and this was i had some weird stuff in this 60 minutes episode the the first story that they cover is about like the idea of this microwave weapon that was being used on diplomats in havana and supposedly also china where like they would hear some strange sound and then they would have like brain injuries or they have like headaches they'd be forgetting stuff for just had all these weird symptoms and i think it was like being done by some foreign power which they they say they're talking to one guy at one point who um i think ended up with parkinson's and he said like it happened after he and a colleague who also got parkinson's had been working in some foreign power and they say like he can't tell us which one it was but he said it was not cuba or china wink 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 um
1: <laughs> what does that mean it's russia
0: i guess i assume that's the implication.
1: But, I mean, I gotta assume a lot of countries hate us.
0: Yeah, um, yes. But the weird thing about this story is that, and I don't know if this was something you followed, back in January, there was this whole rash of stories about this study that somebody put out saying, oh, actually, the Cuba, like, you know, that sound they heard that they were talking about, it's just crickets, like, there's just a, a Cuban cricket that sounds like that, and that's what all these people are talking about. And and the most recent press coverage of this story that I could find was an article from uh, NPR, which came out on March 25th, so about a week after this 60 Minutes segment aired, with the headline, Doubts Rise About Evidence That U.S. Diplomats in Cuba Were Attacked, which is basically saying, like, now... Um, uh, a number of prominent scientists are challenging the assertion that this happened, that there's, like, people are saying there's no evidence that there actually was an attack that these people are suffering from a brain injury. And the 60 Minutes piece doesn't mention any of that at all. It's totally like, yeah, someone's microwaving people's brains, and we don't know why.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if they had a general practitioner on this, they, the doctor would have said, like, oh, these people just suffer from anxiety, <laughs> you know? <laughs> i mean that seems to be like a strong possibility i
0: don't know it's really bizarre
1: yeah i mean we're all gonna die you know like what is this everybody's like oh i gotta figure out what's wrong you know it's like just die you know like at some <laughs> point we're all just gonna die like what's the you just
0: you just don't want to talk about medical issues at all you're, you're upset that we had to watch <laughs> this and discuss it
1: i mean i had i mean i had a doctor who I, i'm on like the bad obamacare stuff you know that's like <laughs> Like just mm-hmm. bad you know like and uh i like or like you call up any doctor that has like a good rating and they're just like i don't take that insurance And it's like oh cool mm-hmm. and so i end up going my understanding
0: to this, is trump's gonna fix all that so hopefully yeah you thank you god willing that, um, yeah. yeah for much
1: longer but yeah go ahead and uh and so i went to this doctor who she just kept having all these different tests done and i didn't think there was anything wrong with me and i would get really nervous like waiting for all the test results and it always ended up being fine you know but then she'd be like oh let's check this one thing oh let's check this and it was just freaking me the fuck out and i just got a letter in the mail that her office is shutting down and i'm just like <laughs> no, why <laughs> i'm sure it's because they ran out of money and they were like just billing insurance for all this shit you know <laughs> i mean maybe it's they're unrelated but i i don't know i don't fuck with doctors like that and so mm-hmm. if your brain is getting microwaved, just microwave gonna microwave just tough it you know?
0: out like, just walk it off <laughs> yeah
1: like I, don't, like I got the dumb yeah. those glasses are not hot that he's wearing like i don't fuck with those. oh glasses.
0: yeah dude yeah that one guy who was like a, a state department security worker or something in china who was saying that he was affected by this he has those glasses that they're like blue lenses they cast this like blue light on his eyes because supposedly it helps with like his migraines or whatever the funny thing is the the segment at the end of the show is about monaco and they're riding around with this like italian entrepreneur who like owns all these like nightclub businesses and shit dude's wearing the same
1: glasses (laughs) like the blue eyes um also like what are these people what do you think is gonna happen like they're like yeah i don't know i work for the u.s government uh about like com i'm like a commerce secretary like in china um and like messing with money levels and stuff like that like for the united not states exactly
0: what but yeah okay
1: Well, what are you telling how would you describe <laughs> their jobs well the one guy was a
0: security uh consultant or expert or something he worked on like cybersecurity stuff i think uh n- none of them were commerce secretary wilbur ross no one was quite rising to that that rank to be clear
1: what just as a lifestyle as a job like yeah Okay, maybe work for the U.S. government, if that's your thing, if you're down with that. Stay in the United States, you know? (laughs) If you're going overseas, working for the U.S. government, doing security or whatever, don't do that. Like, that sounds like you're going to get fucked up, you know? Like, you know, you've heard of war, right? You know what happens. Like, you know Mm -hmm. China doesn't fuck with us like that. Like, what's wrong with these people? Like, don't do that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hang out in Cuba. No, how about not? But don't do that what do you i mean i do you know what i mean like do you understand what i'm saying yeah no i got it <laughs> don't leave the country <laughs> i mean i don't leave the country right
0: no it's sure
1: but yeah i don't know
0: It's also funny at one point in the segment they're like you know we don't know who's doing this and uh as uh, you know this The technology is actually fairly common so there are any a number of countries that could be committing this act and while they're saying that they're like zooming in on an american flag flying it's like what what is this editing implying like the calls are <laughs> coming inside the house like are we doing it is that the twist There.
1: i mean it sounds like something like a batman villain would do or something like that <laughs> like, yeah very weird do you think it's real do you think like the microwaves are getting people's brains and stuff
0: i i don't know i i mean either 60 minutes is like off the rails and being insane or all these other news outlets are off the rails and being insane and promoting this crickets thing but something fucking somebody's fucking up for sure
1: i mean i will say i wonder you know if the general public can can reach for this type of nuance but i do think there is an argument to be made that regardless of whether this is like a true thing the way that they present it is more about, like, these people are suffering, you know, like, their pain is real, and, but, yeah, maybe if that's where you're going for, then maybe have somebody who's an expert who is, like, maybe this isn't really, they don't ha- have anybody who, like, counters the narrative, you know?
0: Right. Exactly.
1: I don't know. I feel like I was a little harsh to those people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, walk that back a little bit. You might need to, they might have a TV show at some point that you want to work for. You don't know.
1: <laughs> you know, shout out. If Yeah, seriously though, if you're in pain, if you're suffering, like I, I pray that. You if know, you're be, a
0: showrunner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prayers I up.
1: I want people to feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. I also don't want any kind of, I don't know, I don't want anybody to put a fucking curse on me if they hear this. <laughs> Knock on wood.
0: Yeah. The second segment on this news magazine show is about, I don't know, some fucking entrepreneurs <laughs> <were> <laughs> no, driving no. around the country. And it's like a commercial for these rich guys who are like having people do song and dance numbers for their you know, investment funds or some shit. One guy in that actually, he was pitching the idea of like an IMDB for music where you could like look up musicians credits and stuff. That's pretty cool. I think that's a pretty good idea. I'd like to see that.
1: I mean, I will say like this does just remind me of some bullshit like people think it's about that they're that they're trying to. Oh yeah, I guess we should explain the concept. Is like, <laughs> I, th-
0: I think I explained it pretty clearly. It rich guys driving around in a van and people. It's do funny, stuff. yeah.
1: The, anything that's like you know, uh, uh, you know, socialist adjacent, you're not going to give it the proper credit it's due. Yeah, um, we'll go ahead. Give it. Give it. Its okay, proper this he's fucking rich juice bags. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <And> they <laughs> ride around the country and they're like. It's called what?
0: What was the name of it? Like rise billionaires of billionaires on a bus rise of the rest is the name well but right the name of the segment is the billionaire on the bus okay and the billionaire in question is steve case who invented the idea of sending people aol discs or something real real <laughs> business genius this dude is he was an aol true? guy they said he like came up with a you've got mail jingle or something
1: <laughs> That's <what he> said. <laughs> um, um. It's not a jingle, it's just somebody just says you. They said mail. I think they yeah, no, it's just a little <laughs> jingle that plays when you have mail. Um the uh it, yeah, it's about these guys going around am- America and like telling poor people like other people in Silicon Valley think you're stupid. I possibly couldn't think that you're stupid. I'm here. <laughs> right. There's no way right. that I'm going to the nicest hotel in Kansas tonight, you know, like it's just so condescending. Like I don't know, it's 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 a hard line to walk. Like I don't know if you care about Kansas like that, don't show up and yeah, make people do a song and dance to like win, you know, that this is like some HQ2 Amazon shit. Well, yeah, know. it's
0: weird cuz it's like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be a, you know, we need to give back, so I'm going to do all these people a favor by letting them, you know, give me the chance to make money off of their ideas." You know.
1: Yeah, if he really cares, like don't show up there. Nobody wants to see your fucking stupid face. Just right. send a check. Just send a check. That's it. Yeah. It's so I don't know. It reminds me of um I love our uh friend of the pod, John Santor. He he runs this little blog called Sunset Reports. <laughs> Sunset mm-hmm. Park Reports it's kind of condescending (laughs) runs this little (laughs) blog but basically he does all these (laughs) cute little it's adorable um he's like he's trained as a journalist he went to like northwestern wrote for patch wrote for a newspaper in atlantic city um but he now he just he'll publish he does these uh foil requests and like this would be a story that like the new york times would love to have but john just like parked it on his blog um. It's yeah. It's sunset rep- Sunset Park Reports dot WordPress dot com, and it explained that um, Amazon when they were doing their HQ, when they were taking HQ proposal that um, that the uh, oh wait, is it uh, sorry. Don't um,
0: slander me... Jeff Bezos on our last episode, Ryan. We're so close <laughs> to just being done with this. Oh,
1: okay. Here we go. Here we go. That in in 2017 um that the new york city economic development commission uh who i worked for at the ferry you know so i got love for them Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but um (laughs) but that they that they uh proposed 2.5 million rentable square feet for amazon and another space that was also 2.5 million square feet um and just, like, just just sending this proposal out there without, like, telling the city, without asking people in the community what they want. You know what I mean? Like, it's just fucking insane, you know? Sure. I don't yeah. know. So how is guess, that related it's just it's just, yeah it's just i don't know, i just i don't trust these guys i don't trust like steve case and i don't, I don't trust you know hillbilly elegy or yeah. whatever the fuck
0: yeah the jd vance guy was also involved in this somehow The interview. there's no
1: way that book's good no. you know i've heard of it have you heard maybe talked to anybody who's yeah, read it
0: my understanding is it's bad i don't remember why but it is bad
1: it's just like this very like they have this idea in silicon valley that what people need is for us, is for them to save us, you know? And what America actually needs, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what America needs. <laughs> no, you can't back off now. What does what
0: America actually well, need?
1: Well, I think what America actually needs is just, like, to t- all the rich people should be taxed at 90% of their income, mm-hmm. and there should be a universal basic income for everybody in the country of, like... 70k and like (laughs) that's the deal Uh like that's the fact jack you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's it and that's it and if you if you if you have guess what guess what nobody needs nobody needs more than 100k a year like if you make more than 100k a year i'm a straight walk into your house
0: okay well we just cut out the stuff that ryan said that we can't air um now we're back um and then the last episode is also a commercial for some rich people shit it's just about monaco um (laughs) and it's just anderson cooper wanted to go to monaco so he came up with some sort of it's some sort of report on hey you were all wondering what monaco is like right well here you go um but it does answer the question of um does monaco have prince albert in a can
1: what's that from (laughs)
0: um it's a joke where you you call somebody up and you ask hey do you have prince albert in a can and uh if you were calling monaco they would say uh no he's he's not he's not in the can and you'd be like good but usually what? they would usually What's they would the say joke? yes because there was a product called prince albert in the can it was like canned um penis piercings or something i don't know exactly but most stores would carry it so they would say yeah we do have it we do have prince albert in a can and you'd say well you better let him out of there
1: wait i'm sorry uh the the, the sound quality might be did you say a penis piercing in a can yeah uh, yes what are you talking I did about
0: that. i mean i'm not repeating it so anyway this is
1: I'm what do glad, you mean i'm glad we did you're, one more you're episode not, uh, you're not repeating it i'm just asking you to clarify what <laughs> the fuck does that mean a penis piercing in a can penis? uh I mean, it was
0: just it was a joke because there there was a canned product called Prince Albert in the can. I don't remember what the actual item was. Um, oh, okay. But there's also a, a piercing known as a Prince Albert, which I believe is a, a penis piercing. So I was making a joke as though the the canned product and the piercing were the same thing, but they're not. They're separate items.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it is amazing. I was I got the I have like the TV with, uh, Bluetooth headphones, so I can kind of like walk around the apartment. Um, while I'm watching uh, quote, you know, heavy <laughs> speech marks, you know, like watching 60 Minutes. And when the Monaco... I was, like, out of the room when the Monaco segment started, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder what Monaco looks like, you know? And then I walk in. Looks like straight trash. Like, looks like garbage. <laughs> like, it's not yeah, looks it looks like, like, like a <laughs> cool place to live.
0: <laughs> yeah, living in Monaco, I think, would be like living in Times Square,
1: basically. <laughs> yeah, except literally. you can't like, go anywhere is... else cool. And not, like, any of the cool... Like... Times Square has something of a charm. Like, it seemed, like, just gray. <laughs> it just seemed, yeah. like, very grim.
0: Yeah, it, it would be like if if one of those Williamsburg gray condos were an entire city.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it basically looks like Williamsburg. Like, what's, what's popping in Williamsburg now? Like, Williamsburg straight sucks now.
0: Well, that's where my monthly horror fest show is. So, that but yeah apart from that you're cutting, no you cutting that now? no no i'm, I'm plugging <laughs> i'm cutting the plug
1: yeah i guess everything's good for your horror fest show now because they didn't the l tr- the l's still running right i don't i'm sort not of. i
0: think they're gonna shut it down like nights and weekends and shit so it might still be a problem but we'll see
1: okay um yeah i didn't i didn't really i didn't understand why 60 minutes felt I think agency Cooper is like I want to go to Monaco. They're like yeah, all right, yeah. I didn't really understand why this was newsworthy. Yeah, I guess we they're know, he's third... like a
0: Vanderbilt, so he probably I don't know he just goes there every other summer. Or so I'd assume I don't know what a Vanderbilt like, is. He's like an heir to the Vanderbilt fortune. They were like a um, one of the I don't know robber baron families or some shit.
1: Robber baron? I don't know what you're talking about
0: well look I can't go back and reteach you high school <laughs> history like you just you know these things or you don't you know
1: Jesus this is yeah I want no, I know I'm glad people hear this the, this, is, this is bullying <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a good thing we're shutting down the podcast this this microphone stand I'm using it just it won't it keeps dipping I, I need to keep like bringing it back up I'm sorry if there's a lot of noise on my end of the podcast I hope there isn't but
1: uh, did just, they do like, like Vanderbilt know, University probably But um, okay, here's my point though: is we're doing a podcast for an audience, and you can't just mention stuff and then be like, well, "I'm not explaining it," you know? Like, I you think know, most like-
0: people know. That, but back in like I think the 19th or early 20th century, there were a bunch of families like the the Carnegies or the Vanderbilts or the Rockefellers that owned the the biggest businesses at the time like the oil businesses or the the railroads were a big thing um and so they just amassed you know the jp morgan for example and they just amassed tons and tons of money that has been handed down uh through generations of their family since then and a lot of it you know some of them were referred to as robber barons because they just you know used a lot of gangsterish methods to consolidate their businesses um and is that then, okay think, are
1: you you feel okay now you feel is that is that too much you, was what? that too much did that take a lot out of you to say that do or? you feel
0: okay do you feel like i've edified you and answered the question that you insisted <laughs> yeah i feel on like you, yeah explaining? i feel like you've talked
1: yeah i feel like you know in a discussion of the thing that we're talking about that you've made clear you know what you're saying yeah i feel like you yeah Good. then i
0: then we're both happy
1: <laughs> i'm not happy <laughs> i don't want well I, there's
0: nothing i can do about that <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, and I looked up Robert Barron, and yeah, a person who has become rich through ruthless and unscrupulous business practices. Damn. Yes. I mean, I should... I try to listen to other types of audiobooks. I just get bored, you know? I'm just like... now, Right now, I'm listening to the Robin Williams audiobook. Not not written <laughs> by Robin Williams, the one well, when you <laughs> about his life.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you say other types, like other types, what are the ones that work for you?
1: I mean, I listen to maybe... Okay, I think it's like 26 hour audiobook. I listened to like uh like two like two or 3 hours of um The Power Broker and I was like yep. yeah man like dude bad, you know? <laughs> like, I was like yo man this dude bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I got it. Like, I really got it after a minute, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that that book is like a novel to me. I I love it. I mean, I I don't know. You read novels? I mean, they're, they're the novels you like, you don't feel like, yeah, I get it. City living, alienating or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's just you. I guess it's just a matter of preference. Um Yeah. Cuz I I guess the difference for me is like during most novels, I sort of novels that really like have me on the edge of my seat is I don't know what's going to happen next. Like I don't know how these characters are going to relate to each other. But pretty much everything that um, that that dude was doing in the power broker, I like knew. I was like, yeah, you're gonna do that. Yeah, the bad. Like, oh, (laughs) it's bad. Yeah, you don't do it. You know, like I kind of knew. You know, nothing surprised me.
0: Uh I don't know. I find them uh, very gripping because you. I don't know. You have like find out how he accomplished stuff, or like you know how his his downfall ultimately came about. So there's there's still. Like I remember reading Robert Caro's Lyndon Johnson biographies and getting to the point where I felt like, oh, I need to not learn anything about Hubert Humphrey that I don't already know because I don't want any like spoilers for you know the next volumes when he becomes vice president or whatever.
1: Yeah, but that's maybe, just me. Yeah, I, w- I wish I was like that. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll get like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we do the lightning round? yeah sure you said you got a you got a submitted question
0: i had yeah i asked a couple friends about it and uh one person uh will like keith said um why do we not review discuss the top video games and the answer to that basically is that i don't want to have to buy a bunch of video game systems and video games because that's really expensive. I mean, I feel like we've looked into this, and you can find, like, um, charts for which games are the best-selling ones. Like, I guess that information is available out there, so in theory we could do it, but it would require uh, a lot of costly hardware. Um, I think it's also a relatively niche medium compared to film or television or music but you know you could say the same thing about books which i used to cover on the podcast and which i would like to continue to cover if it were uh practical in terms of the amount of time it takes to read a full book it just isn't so for for my part the the barrier to covering video games is just the amount of stuff that i would have to buy ain't nobody paying me to do this shit you know so but, but i don't know ryan how do you feel about that
1: I mean, I think you can't really say, (laughs) I mean, if, okay, what was, okay, let's see, what was the total box office, box office, uh, 2018 was, come on, total, total box office 2018.
0: All right. Well, I know the point you're going to make. Okay. It was 41,
1: it was $41 billion. (laughs) in uh in in 2018 for a worldwide box office and for video game sales it was 43 billion dollars so video games yeah. are more popping than anything I don't we think discuss think
0: I, I think those numbers prove the opposite of that because how much does one video game cost? It's like sixty dollars. I mean, I don't know how if you're including the prices of the consoles and the systems. Uh, and the have you
1: been doing have you, you been you to an IMAX screening in, recently?
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't cost sixty dollars. It costs like like twenty. Um, so you know, I, I think when you put those numbers next to each other, what you see is it is a significantly smaller number of actual people who are experiencing. This stuff, and uh, well, that's what I don't I'm think that's necessarily in true.
1: Like, if you okay, if you if you have a household and you got like four brothers or whatever, y'all, you're not buying four copies of that video game. And a lot of people share copies of video games, whereas with movie tickets, everybody buys an individual one. I think it I could. Think-
0: I mean, you're right that there are examples of that, but I think in most cases one copy of the video game is being primarily played by one person. Not all you're right there are like roommates who share consoles or like siblings or whatever, but I think that would be um the minority of users.
1: Alright, well even if you even if you say even if you say that there's, you know, a video game costs sixty dollars and a movie ticket costs ten dollars and you have like six times whatever, you know, it's still like you know you're still talking in the billions of dollars like i'm just saying it's not i wouldn't call that niche i don't think it's a niche uh thing i think we just don't want to buy a bunch of video game consoles
0: i mean i think that's more or less what i said i said relatively niche but you think we should have been covering video games
1: Mm, i would not buy like 12 or i don't know how many different types of video game consoles it's just a It's just an economic issue, but I think, right? uh, Yeah, I don't know. It does sort of change. There's something about listening to music, watching movies, watching TV, where something is just kind of washing over you, and um, right, and you can just ignore
0: it and be on your phone or uh, or sleep through it or whatever. Right. Whereas with a video game, you need to actually pay attention to what you're doing, which is not you're not about that life.
1: You you good? You getting in all your anything else? <laughs> <in> all your, <laughs> we only have one more. This is the last no, thing I gotta episode. say. It all yeah, now, you got a list. You got a list. No, I, just I want wasn't you paying to. attention.
0: I should have been timing that. That was a lightning round question. I think we went way over. But oh okay. But there you go. That's the answer to the end game question. Did you have anything to ask about?
1: Um. Yeah. I got. I got two lightning round. One is. Uh, okay. What do you What do you see as? How do you feel about the? Um, the number ones project, uh, overall, it's been a few years for you now, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess
0: I started in, um, 2016 and, um, yeah, I don't know. I I was just thinking about that when I was watching Dumbo and in that moment, feeling like I'm not getting anything out of this. Uh, I, you know, I could easily be enriching my life more by doing something else i think it it does give me more of a context for just what's going on around me and gives me a little bit more to talk about with people i feel like i have uh you know a bit more of my finger on the pulse than i used to but it is also like i used to just not do this you know just a few years ago i just wouldn't make a point of paying attention to all this stuff and i i was getting by then okay um so i don't know it's sort of a question to me is whether or not it's worthwhile to continue following this stuff even though i obviously won't be podcasting or blogging about it or whatever but uh, i don't know how do you feel about it
1: um it was and this good is, i, I mean, mean i
0: guess that that was a minute but we'll let it run a little bit more because it's uh, the last episode we'll just
1: well is <laughs> wow, very like, you getting soft getting soft yeah yeah um I, I yeah I, th- I thought it was very interesting. I'm much I'm I'm a very I'm a creature of routine. So I mm-hmm. liked having something to do every week in right. that way. Um and just not having to think about it. Um <clears throat> but my overall impression from doing the project was not some kind of like you know deep abiding respect for um you know the American public <laughs> And, no, I mean, know, that like was never what America, I expected to get out of it. it. It's very much just like, you know, I'm I'm absolutely befuddled by what becomes popular and what doesn't, you know, like glass being number one for three weeks, you know, like, like these sort of things yeah. just kind of boggle my mind. And it just makes yeah. me more determined, like, you should just make stuff that interests you and that you think is good and who gives a fuck if stuff you know like is popular mm-hmm.
0: and you had another question
1: oh yeah uh, how do you feel now that you're vindicated by the uh by the Mueller report
0: <laughs> um it feels great
1: because <laughs> you were you were like oh we gotta think about climate change or whatever and i was just like <laughs> nah man like trump getting handcuffs and stuff you know
0: (laughs) i think you're oversimplifying our conversations uh, a little bit but uh yes this is you know more or less what i would have expected the outcome to be
1: he's a straw man Mueller.
0: um yeah
1: that's another term i don't really understand but
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess it more or less applies here
1: yeah is a paper tiger i don't know yeah people were just they just wanted trump to go away and it was like a convenient right. thing that would just wrap things up. And rather than dealing with, I mean, this is a weird kind of analog, but Wesley Morris had a point about Michael Jackson, which was like, uh, which was like, you know, the, the answer is not to like erase Michael Jackson from history, but rather just to deal with the trauma of what we've done, you know, like allowing him to cook <laughs> and just being like, yeah, dude, just weird, you know, like when it was very clear that he was, like, abusing children, you know.
0: Right, well, I mean, that was all, and not that I'm, you know, not this This opinion is unique to me, but that was the appeal of the Russia story defined in sort of a narrow way, um, was that it was an explanation for Trump's election that didn't implicate American elites or even American... Voters generally that it wasn't that it happened because of the wealthy people who funded and backed his campaign. It wasn't about the media giving him tons of free publicity. It wasn't about the Democratic Party pushing an unpopular candidate and then that candidate running an uh, you know not a very good campaign. Um, It it wasn't about uh, a disengaged electorate. It wasn't about law enforcement agencies being overly aggressive towards uh the democratic presidential candidate it was just about oh those people over there on that other continent and fucked everything up for us uh but it was it wasn't it was never about that it was always about us
1: yeah and also so go like, see
0: Jordan Peele's us everybody that's that's <laughs> the ultimate message of the film
1: man I gotta say there are a lot of people or maybe not a lot of people I'm thinking of two in particular people who like said to me this week they were like man I saw us it was so great. And, like, the more I think about it, the more I think it's just straight trash, you know?
0: <laughs> I had a a friend of mine was texting me about our episode, and he was saying, oh, I guess I I liked it a lot more than you guys did. And I was like, I liked it. I said I liked it. I, I liked the movie. I just, you know, it, I, I don't think it was a perfect movie, but I maintain that it was good.
1: It is also weird in America, just to go off of your thing about, like, the media giving Trump attention, is, like, I saw like that video of Alex Jones's deposition. Did you see that? I've seen
0: tweets about that or something. I haven't actually watched any of the video.
1: Um, it's just so sad. Like, or it's just like he just looks like so defeated, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you rem- and it just reminded me that he was taken off all the social media platforms and that that has kind of like limited a lot of his reach. And mm-hmm. just what a role a lot of these social media platforms have and giving people a voice and just how absurd it is that, that Jack hasn't removed Donald Trump from Twitter, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, and that we continue to use platforms like Twitter and and Instagram and Facebook because we're all just complicit in, in this, you know, I mean, there's nothing
0: you can leaving doesn't, solve anything per se. Um I mean I and that's always like the joke that everybody makes is that like people say like you know make a big show of like, you know what? Facebook is toxic or Twitter is toxic or whatever and I'm leaving and you know good luck with it and then they're back like a week later or something. Um
1: no because- I, I've seen a lot of people who have just left social media and they're gone. Like who? Uh David Turner's not on Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. A music journalist uh I don't know. There's been a bunch of people who I've spoken to on Facebook and then I'll search for them and they're all like, we blocked you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess you have left also. You don't really fuck with that, more or less.
1: Yeah, more or less. I I mean, this week, especially, I I always leave my social media password at home. And this week, uh, after Monday, I just I didn't even think to log into Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, there's nothing really for me.
0: But I feel like I feel like you will be back at some point, though. I I feel like it just it is this resource that provides something really valuable in terms of like being able to broadcast stuff and connect with people. But it's also something where you you can't shop around. You can't say this network has bad policies, so I'm just gonna jump over to another one. It's not like a consumer product like that because it depends on. You know, being this hub where everyone's there, and either everyone is there, everyone isn't. Um, so, what I do think, you mean
1: though? It's a it's worthwhile. There's like connect with people, and what what what's good? What good has come out of social media for you?
0: Uh, if you, I mean, if you have a a project that you were promoting, or or you're you know a writer who needs to get the word out about their pieces, or even just like you know, even Facebook, if you want to just like speak to someone that you haven't seen in a long time or don't know like how to find them or their contact information. It's really useful for that. Like that's a real service. Um, Has
1: that happened? Do you have an anecdote of like you like reaching out to somebody?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I found out that a high school friend of mine was having surgery last week through Facebook and we were able to reach out to him and, you know, try to cheer him up and we sent him like a care package and shit. Um, things, you know, things like that. Um so I I think they provide too much of a service for people to be able to just walk away from them. I think people need to um understand that what we really need to do is have users put pressure on these companies to be responsive to the people who use them rather than just to, you know, their shareholders or uh corporate interests
1: i don't know i don't really find them useful except i'll post you know like to do my reading series once a month i'll post on you know i'll be like hey it's on it's happening i'll post it on instagram and twitter right exactly. and then a few times throughout the month i'll like retweet or like put it in the ig stories to remind people right. but um you're talking about like five instances but it's not i don't get anything from the other side I mean like people will show up who see it but i don't yes it's not like a i don't know i i don't find it very useful aside from that one thing
0: how did you get your current job (laughs) you don't need to tell the (laughs) story but just admit that i've made a good point here
1: yeah somebody somebody tweeted it on the thing and my friend saw the tweet and i (laughs) i i restarted my twitter account which had been (laughs) Dormant for three months and sent a DM to the person, yes. and I had a verified Twitter account, so maybe he took more stock in it, or I was able to be seen in his mention, you know, in his in there because of that. Um, so there you go. Whatever. I I don't I don't care. but <laughs> <Fine. laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just like why don't they ban Donald Trump from Twitter?
0: Because he brings in eyeballs. He he makes the platform more prominent. He's kept Twitter relevant for the last few years. Alex really. Jones did all that. Not to the same not on the same level. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: I think it's because they they don't want to be seen as being against the US government. And I think sure, we have gotten I mean, to a point that you need to just be against the <laughs> these these institutions.
0: I mean, I agree, but you know, I understand it makes sense from a corporate standpoint to not be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh I don't know. I mm, I don't know. I I still think at the end of the day that my life is the best when I, you know, I talk on the phone. Um, I, it takes me like an hour and 20 minutes to drive to work. I talk on the phone, shout out to Brian Ariati and we'll like work on a script and then I go to work and then I go to a coffee shop in West Hollywood at night and, you know, I try to go on like one date a week and this is what's good in life, you know, like the hours that I spend scrolling through my phone is like the worst part of my week. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think, social media is bad. Even though I got I mean, my job through it.
0: It, it, I will say, I mean, I, <laughs> I do often feel like I should use social media less because I do enjoy checking Twitter and, and reading stuff. But I honestly, I think it is useful in terms of forming a a worldview. I mean, I think there's a lot of people I follow who will, you know, bring in different perspectives on various issues and you know post like news articles and commentary that i find interesting and i feel like it gives me more of a handle on what's going on obviously that can be a dangerous thing too in terms of people being radicalized with uh, you know toxic ideologies or whatever but
1: well but i don't even think i don't even think it comes from a toxic ideology standpoint i think like okay i read the new york times what are like a few other publications that i should read if you had to just say, like, read these four or something,
0: um, it's a good question. I mean, I feel like ProPublica does a lot of good stuff. Nice. Um, I mean, there's good, you know, they, they were right for different publications, but there's good commentators like Alex Perine. I think, uh, is pretty perceptive. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, what's the thrust of your question here?
1: Well, yeah, my, my point is just that, like, for example, like, when you said, um, I think that reading a full article and getting the context is what's useful for shaping a worldview. I think, like, when you mentioned, like, the Alex Jones thing, you were like, yeah, I saw a few things on Twitter. I don't think, like, I think actually, like, gleaming, a, like, the, the edge of a thing can be more harmful for the discourse than reading a few full articles, you know, like maybe I'll like, I'll read. I was actually thinking of pitching to you as an idea for, you know, like a podcast is if we read like whatever, like if we pick a day of the week, like Sunday, and then we read whatever, like the highlighted uh, article is on like longform.com and just like, and then the next week we discuss that one article, you know, like the idea of like, I think it's better to read two or three pieces about news and and really think about those than to get like i think what's what's damaging is when people have like a headline and then nobody reads the actual article and they like you know form a worldview um like i I, we might have spoken about this exact thing in the past but like some idiot uh you know like the new york times is all these idiot columnists but i would also say that when i've sat down and read like what's that guy's name Ross Dolfo Ross Douthat yeah like sucks but (laughs) I will say like I, I remember like seeing a bunch of tweets where they would just like take one line from his thing and trash him and then one time I read like the full thing and I'm like yes this is bad but this is bad in the way that like you can talk to somebody and have a conversation with them and be like this person is intelligent and reasonable but they have some bad opinions you know, like that there's just more nuance from reading a full thing than I feel like Twitter just kind of like boils it down in this way that maybe is certainly fair, but I don't think is is useful and helpful for people in living their lives. It's just to get people, it's just it's just about like getting people upset, you know?
0: That, I mean, certainly that's true. I mean, I think that's, that's a hazard of a platform for sure, but I mean, and, and I don't, I don't know much about Alex Jones because I I haven't explored that much. I'm not really that interested in him, but I do read articles. I mean, I, I will see articles that people I follow are posting on Twitter and I'll click on them and save them to pocket and then I'll read them there. I mean, I find a lot of the stuff that I read through that. Maybe most of the stuff that I read, I find that way.
1: Okay. Yeah. I am a big pocket guy too. Yeah. Maybe you're also just better at, you're better at, um, kind of just scrolling through and like, figuring out where to go like i i get in these modes where i like i'll just go down a a, ra- a wormhole and mm-hmm. or a rabbit hole and just i can't get out you know and i'm like oh it's like four hours has passed and you know what i mean yeah. it's just like it's not <laughs> useful for me yeah but you've always been better at like self-control and all that thank you <clears throat> what do you think of that idea for a podcast though we like read the top article on long form and talk about it
0: I don't love it, (laughs) I'll say, Um, but if you sent me, like, examples of such articles, I'd, like, take a look and see how I felt about it.
1: Do you think, yeah, because my main thing about a podcast is, like, it should be something that we wouldn't get in trouble for.
0: (laughs) See, I feel like, but that's what listeners want, though, is they want stuff that you could get in trouble for, you know, otherwise it's just kind of, like, bland.
1: Well, I went on a date with a woman and she said her favorite podcast. I told her, I was like, yeah, I get in trouble. Nobody ever gets big off a of podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, well, what about Pete Holmes. She's like, well, what about Mark Marin? you know?
0: Yeah, I do think people get big off podcasts.
1: But it is also that thing where they're just talking to people and they're not like trashing stuff.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they're talking specifically to famous people. Like the the success of those particular podcasts is predicated pretty much entirely on access to celebrities.
1: Maybe if we if we interviewed like Paul Rudd or something like that.
0: Yeah, that would I'm sure people would listen to that.
1: What would we ask him about though?
0: What was it like being in Halloween six? That's what I would ask him.
1: <laughs> what the fuck is Halloween six?
0: <laughs> it was the film that introduced Paul Rudd. He was is, uh one of is the Is that what it is called Halloween six. Halloween
1: six? It's
0: called Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers.
1: Oh, is this this is pre H two O?
0: Yes, it was the film before H2O. In ninety four?
1: Ninety
0: six, I believe. Ninety five or ninety
1: six. Okay. Um, maybe the angle is we would do like if we have a guest like a Paul Rudd, we would we would Mm -hmm. like watch all of his num why you say it like that?
0: No, don't say if, say when.
1: (laughs) I had a plan. I have a plan. It's like you go like from YC and then off of YC, Mm -hmm. I could get Paul Rudd, it's like a straight line. No, there is like a thing of like, you can, I feel like with my reading series, I have to, I can't deal with publicists and stuff, but I think if we were doing a podcast where we interview people, I could figure out, it's always just like whatever names you have and then people see those names and then they're like, okay, we'll do that, you know, like based on the names, you just build up bigger names and then eventually you get to the point where you, you can get a Paul Rudd.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah,
1: but it's not a good use of our time, maybe, too. I don't know. I'm just so comfortable in this chair. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Good.
0: All right. Well, anything else you want to say before we sign off forever?
1: No, just want to say, um, you know, thanks for thanks for doing this podcast. I think it is, like, a very interesting thing to do and um uh yeah no i i are you gonna are you gonna stop watching number one stuff like are you gonna see shazam next weekend
0: i i don't know i honestly i haven't made the decision
1: wow well i'm excited to find out
0: do you want me to continue doing it
1: no i don't (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right we'll get to know
1: (laughs) I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good if you if you live your life the way you want to live it, you know? Mm-hmm. If you feel like watching Shazam, watch Shazam. But I don't think you should be beholden to um you know, you're working on some writing projects. I'm working on some writing projects. You know, like I don't think I don't think either of us should spend I think you should we should work, spend our free time how we want and then Work on those writing projects uh, and get popping. That's what oh, I yeah. think.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's what we'll do. That's what we advise our listeners to do, maybe. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Yo, if you're listening to this podcast. Don't you don't with us, eat, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't need yeah, I don't need <laughs> I don't need no hot pilots out there. Like just yeah. just watch watch your shit. You know, yeah. watch your just, fucking back.
0: <laughs> just be ready to consume more of whatever content we decide to put out, yeah, we'll be
1: yeah, you'll see that wild written by Hoff Ryan, mm-hmm. you yeah. know you're gonna and you're gonna like it,
0: yeah, so thanks to everybody who has been listening sincerely and um apologies for cutting off your supply here, but um, you know, I don't know, I'm becoming like the Ramones here, where I just keep having multiple goodbye tours, so who knows, maybe I'll be back at some <laughs> point and uh
1: until then yo if you come back with the solo pod, we'll be tight <laughs> <laughs> look you left you made the decision you know i didn't kick you off
0: but we'll see what happens um, yeah yeah and just you know even though you won't have us around to tell you what to think i hope we've taught you uh you know the the critical thinking skills you need to go through the the pop cultural jungle and uh not be brainwashed by all the uh strange shit around
1: you all right Bye. Good- goodbye I know I said top five but I'm top two and I'm not two and I got one don't you have one but it's not one no. Nah.